My name is Sarah Rose, and I believe women should live a rich life. You are listening to the Embodied Woman Podcast, where we ignite new levels of prosperity, pleasure, purpose, and passion so you can live turned on and in your power. It's time to make waves, Rebel. What is up, embodied woman? Welcome back to a brand new episode. I'm just like out of breath right now. I'm just going to start off with that because I just ran upstairs because the guest that I have on for you today, we have matching necklaces and I needed to show her mine. So I just ran upstairs and now I'm out of breath, but I'm so excited (laughs) to have a really great conversation with our guest today. So we're going to go ahead and just dive right in. Crystal, welcome to the podcast. Sarah, thank you so, so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad that we connected and that you're now in the Bay Area. I know this is going to be the start of something truly incredible. I'm so excited too. And for those of you for listening, um, I always say like, don't sleep on finding your people. Um, and right when I got back to the Bay Area, I was so eager to find my community and my people because I left that behind in Colorado and um crystal's actually a community builder here in the bay area and you have your your community empowered by women and that's just it was just so perfect it was divine timing so i would love for you to talk to us a little bit about how you created empowered by women and what got you started on this journey yeah absolutely but before i dive into that i just wanted to say like you're talking about finding your people But as soon as we connected, I dove into your podcast and I was like listening to all these key episodes and I was like, she's looking for her people. She is so my people. Like we're so aligned on so many things. And I was like, yes, I, whatever this is about to be, I I love it already. (laughs) Oh, yay. I love that. Thank you. So for Empowered Women, it actually goes back to my product business, which is Book of Bijou. And if we take it really, really back, it goes back to kind of when I started being a mom when I was a first time mom in 2018. Um, And we were just talking a little bit about this before we started recording, but I I grew up in a very creative household. And in 2018, when I had my first daughter, of course, you know, everything all the time is just a baby. What does the baby need? Taking care of baby, barely sleeping. Um, And it's hard. It's really tough. And you'll hear a lot of moms talking about this, but you have to be really intentional about carving out time for who you are outside of being a mom, because we don't have to just be one thing, right? You're not just a mom. You can still be all these other things that you've always dreamed of for yourself. And so I needed to be very intentional with carving out time. And the way that I did that was to get back to my creative roots. And I would do some DIY projects. And I always kind of had this entrepreneurial itch. So I started my YouTube channel and started uploading my DIYs to my YouTube channel. I feel like DIY and motherhood just like go hand in hand, like with birthday parties and stuff. You're always going to be crafting something. It so does. That and event planning. I'm like, I should just start an event planning business with all the events that I'm planning now. So I I had that going on. And then back in the day, I used to sell jewelry um, for Stella and Dots. And I did that for about five years. 
I never really got rid of that much stuff. Like of all the samples I accumulated, I kind of held on to them because a girl needs options and like, why get rid of a beautiful jewelry? <laughs> so I had the jewelry and then I had my DIY. And then fast forward a few years later, I now have two little babies attached to my hip. And we had a smaller place back then and shelf space was so valuable, right? The two little kids, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of like random crap everywhere. And I had all of my jewelry displayed on like 10 different displays on my shelf. And I was like, okay, this is very chaotic. I'm so tired of looking at it and I need the shelf space. I could not find a good solution online. Um, I tried looking for something that was like enclosed so I wouldn't have to see the chaos of my jewelry. But I also didn't like all the jewelry boxes that are online are very like traditional and very obviously jewelry boxes. And I said, no, that's definitely not my style. So in true DIY fashion, I was like, you know what, I'll just make my own. It'll be great YouTube content. So in the middle of the night, one night, I'm holding my second daughter, waiting for her to go back to sleep. That was always like my best brainstorming hour. And the more I thought about like how I was going to craft this DIY, like necklace holder, whatever it was that I was going to make, I really started to recognize the merit of the design. Mm. And like I said, I had always had this entrepreneurial itch. I always knew that was going to be my path in the future. I just didn't know quite what my thing was yet. And I kept thinking about it and I kept planning it. And I was like, this is freaking amazing. So the very next day I hit the ground running and I like literally grabbed a whole bunch of stuff around the house. I grabbed an empty diaper box, some rubber bands and scissors, like an old onesie. I started cutting things up and then I made my very first prototype and I should have brought it down, but it's, I still have it. I'm going to have it forever. And I showed my boyfriend and I was like, look, isn't this amazing? And he was like, yeah, it's cool. You know, boys, right? <laughs> and I was like, don't worry, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> and then I started looking into manufacturing. So we ended up launching in 2021 for pre-orders. And from my time with Stella and Dot, there was already this amazing community of women that were also selling the jewelry and that I got to surround myself in. And having that just makes the experience so much more impactful and valuable. And I wanted that back. So as soon as I launched Book of Bijou, I knew I wanted to go into it supporting other small businesses, but then especially those that were women-owned. Yeah. We didn't have a, we didn't have a platform, right? We had like zero followers. It was a brand new Instagram. And I was like, nobody knows what this is. It doesn't exist on the market. I really have to start somewhere. So what I started doing was leveraging the audiences of other small businesses. We don't sell or manufacture our own jewelry. So it made sense to partner with jewelry brands. And we did like giveaways and things like that. And then I was like, you know what? I don't want it to be so superficial. Like I don't want to just have like a one week relationship with these women that are also doing the same thing and building their business. Like I want to get to know these women. I want my community back. I want to build that community. So this is how we started our podcast and interviewing all these women and getting to know their stories. And I think there's so much power in just sitting and listening to how people got started and hearing the passion and the heart behind their stories. And from there, we've had like a whole bunch of issues with our manufacturing. That's like a whole another story for another day. <laughs> so there was a very long waiting period. And in that waiting period, you know, I wasn't just like 
sitting back twiddling my thumbs like woe is me like this is not happening I really started focusing on the women the community what else can I do during this time where obviously my product business is kind of on hold right now let me focus this time on building my community and I've already gotten the chance to get to know some of these women virtually via conversations like this but I really wanted that in-person experience so with a bunch of small business owners of course the first thing that came to mind was a market like a maker's market or a vendor fair type of thing um, so we hosted our very first women's empowerment market last May in Martinez and we had 20 women-owned brands it was more than I could have asked for we had so many sponsors we had like 20 plus raffle items and we were able to raise more than $2,000 for a scholarship fund under my aunt's name, the Anjanette Changing Lives Scholarship Fund with Contra Costa College. Um, so it, it was so much more than just bringing women together. It was, you know, doing something in honor of my aunt, which meant a lot to me. And then also being able to give back to the community and again, create that community from there, I think there's just been so many people asking me about like, do you know who sells this? Do you know a vendor who does this? Do you know anyone that would be interested in coming to this event? And I was like, I always just go through like an Instagram rabbit hole girl. Like, I don't know, <laughs> but there, there has to be an easier way, right? Yeah. So there's some directories out there, but not any that were, that had a lot of people in the Bay Area and then not a lot that were very diverse either. Mm, yeah. So. I set out to create one. So we launched our women-owned small business directory in January of this year. We've also hosted our second annual women's empowerment market in May of this year. And same as last year, everyone was like, how often are you here? Are you coming back next week? Are you coming back next, next month? When are you going to do this again? And my response was always like, well, it's like supposed to be an annual thing. <laughs> yeah. But everyone, you know, I had a lot of people requesting it. And so it is now officially a more than annual thing. And we have four more dates set up for this summer um, in the same location. And that decision really stems from, I don't want my lack of time and to be the reason why these vendors and these small business owners can't take advantage of such an incredible venue. Yeah. One of my big things is I want to be able to give back. I really do want to be able to support other women. Um, so I've found a way to make it a little bit easier on myself so that I can continue to provide that platform for them. And, you know, they're not kind of having to wait for me to just have time to put everything together. So that's where we're at now. <laughs> this is so cool. And I have like so many different follow-up questions, but something that I really like took away from your journey is your power in just like having the idea and executing on it. And like, I, I was visualizing you when you were painting the picture of like putting together your first box, right? I was like, that's messy action right there. You know, like you have the idea, but you don't sleep on it. You don't wait on it. You just, you go execute. And I think that there's a lot of women in the entrepreneur space who maybe doubt themselves or overthink or um, have perfectionism, like whatever it is. And I'm curious in your own experience, like what have you, what has come out of just taking action for you? I 
I'm so glad you asked that question. And I love that you said messy action because the key word is action. The fact that you're taking action, the fact that you're showing up is huge. And so many people underestimate that. So I was a perfectionist. I'm a recovering perfectionist, okay? <laughs> I've had this entrepreneurial itch since at least high school. And I definitely thought I was going to go into like fashion design. There was actually a time where I had like cut up my own stencils with like cardstock. And then I bought fabric <laughs> paints and like painted my own shirt. I wore it to school. And then of course, all my friends were amazing. And they all place like verbal orders, right? Like I want one, give me, give me the size, give me the size. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. So I had this list of all these people that wanted this shirt that I had created. But back then I still was very much in my perfectionist mindset and I never did it. I never executed because I never thought it was going to get to the point where it was good enough. Mm. And I didn't want to put anything out there that I felt like wasn't perfect but yeah. what was the result of that? A few years later, I still don't have my own clothing brand. Yeah. So the only thing that came from it was the thought of what would have happened had I just put myself out there. There's always going to be that lingering question. And fast forward to the idea of Book of Bijou. I think all the years up until that point, I was kind of just like going through the motions, doing what was expected of me, kind of following the more traditional path even though I always knew that that wasn't quite for me yeah but when Boca Bijou kind of came to be I was like you know what that's it this is it I'm gonna start living the life that I know I've always been meant for I'm gonna start betting on myself I'm gonna start showing up and I'm just gonna put myself out to the world because I do feel like this is what I've always meant to be and nothing's gonna stop me anymore <laughs> Yes. And it's been so incredible. And it's been this really natural progression, which I think I'm probably the most proud of. It hasn't felt forced. It hasn't been something that's like, these are the steps you're supposed to take when building your business or when finding your people. Within the manufacturing issues that we've had with Book of Bijou, it was pretty early on. It was like surprisingly early on. <laughs> I was like, this can't be happening. This is not supposed to be happening this early on in my business. <laughs> uh, it was pretty close to breaking down, but I, you know, kind of took a step back and reflected and was like, you know what, like what, how do I want to run my business? And I wanted it to be very transparent and raw and vulnerable. And that was scary. That was not something that I was used to, mm -hmm. but knowing that I wanted to create this community, I wanted it to be a business where people can come along the journey with me. They can see all the ins and outs and like the messiness of it and still be inspired by it. Yeah. And feel like they've been on this journey with me instead of just seeing it from afar and all of its like shiny glory, which is not real for any business ever. Yep. <laughs> and the, the amazing thing is that the very first time that I decided to be very vulnerable on our Instagram stories, that was the first time I think that I got like the truest glimpse of what community is. Yeah. Because I had so many people reach out to me that I had not yet connected with. We may have been following each other, we may not have been, but they started forming into real relationships. And it's because they were able to connect with me on a much deeper level than this is my beautiful product. I hope you like it. You know, double click and move about your day, we were able to connect. 
And I started recognizing the power of that. And then it was almost as if their support of me just, it continued to fuel me, right? They yeah. see my vision. I'm not alone in all of my struggles and I'm going to keep going. Mm. That is so powerful. Like I, I can't stress the power of vulnerability enough. And like that, just another, another reason why it's so powerful is like, I feel like it's a necessity. It's a requirement for finding your people and building a community because one, like there's such a deficit of vulnerability, you know, like so many people are trying to really display like the perfection and like the highlights and, oh, look, everything's so great. And, you know, that's awesome. And it's not the whole truth. And people are really craving the realness, the rawness, the let take me on the journey with you. Right. Um, so I'm sure that that connected them with you on such a deep level. And it just, it, it released the facade that we think we need to have as entrepreneurs or just women in general. And it allows us to like, get to the root of what we're all really craving. And yeah, I, I said on my stories yesterday, because I reached out to a mutual friend, um, Alina, and you know, it, it takes courage and it takes vulnerability to put yourself out there like that. And even just to say, Hey, I'm new to the area and I'm trying to find my people. Like, do you want to hang out sometime? You know, like it takes vulnerability, but look at what is on the other side of that vulnerability. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think with that too, like there's that fear that we have that these people will reject us, but more often than not, those people that you reach out to, they've been wanting you to reach out to them, right? They've been looking for their people also, and they are craving that connection that you are also craving. And it's just a matter of someone taking that first step. And then the more you do it, I mean, it'll, it might always feel a little awkward, like reaching out for the first time, but it you'll grow in that discomfort and it'll become more of a natural thing mm-hmm. for the people that say no, like, no thanks. I don't want to hang out with you. I don't know you. That's fine. You're not my people. That's great. I don't need your energy. Yeah. I will go find people that are very supportive that do share the same vision or ambition that I have. And we can feed off of each other's really incredible energy and then lift each other up. Exactly. Notice we're saying find your people, you know, like that, that's, it's a, it is a very specific type of person that you connect with and not everyone is your people and that's okay. You know? And I I remember I used to get so offended, like, (gasps) and then I would like run and hide. And and now it just is like, okay, like it doesn't, you know, I've got, I got a thicker skin from it, but it only happened through being willing to like, yeah, have, have that vulnerability and keep putting myself out there. Yeah. And something that I, I like to talk about too, is that you want to get comfortable detaching yourself from what you thought would have been like your dream connection, right? We might have these, these idols or whatever in our head or these people that we see on social media that were like, yeah, those are going to be like my friends one day. And then when we reach out and make that connection, recognize that they're not our people. You want to be able to accept that and move forward because otherwise you're starting this like, very negative perpetual cycle of changing who you are to fit their persona. Yeah. And then you're moving away from alignment. You're moving away from happiness. You're moving away from what your true passion and purpose is. 
And that's like the opposite of what we want at the end of the day. Exactly. So good. So something else that I really took away from your journey was, and and I actually had a podcast guest recently. Her name is Keisha. Um, She spoke on this and I thought it was so powerful around how if you don't see something um, being represented in the way that you believe it should be representative, or if you see a gap in, you know, whatever it is, that gap in the market or a gap in whatever, it's like, maybe that's because you're supposed to be the representation. Maybe that's because you're supposed to be the creator of it. And I feel like that was a theme for both of your businesses with Book of Bijou. You're like, I don't, there's not a solution to this thing right here. And then you're like, maybe I'm going to be the one to create it. And then with the community piece, right? So I would love for you to speak to that. And and I don't know if you even realized that you were doing that, but <laughs> I noticed so, it. First, I want to say I literally just listened to that episode this morning at the gym. So good. <laughs> Perfect. Amazing. And then with that said, the funny thing is, when you're talking about like creating your own opportunities, which I'm a huge proponent for, yes, create your own opportunities. Okay, everyone listening, do not look for people to come to you, create your own opportunities. Um, That was actually one of the other, like the cherry on top for our very first market, because I was a brand new product business and I kind of didn't want to pay the vendor fees to be at other people's markets. So I was like, just create my own market. Yeah. (laughs) Be a vendor at my own. yeah, definitely. I think there's there's so much opportunity out there to share your voice. And that really is the power behind it. Everyone is so unique and everyone does really have something to bring to the table. You just have to be willing to bring it. And you don't have to come up with like the next big idea either, right? I mean, Book of Bijou, it, it's not something that I've seen on the market. It's It's patent pending. It's something brand new, but you don't have to have an idea like that just to start putting yourself out there. You can have a very similar message. I think something that a lot of people that especially are trying to be speakers or coaches or something, there's, they're hesitant because there's so many out there like, Oh, everything that I want to say is already being said. I have nothing special to say. I have nothing unique to say, but what makes it special is you, the person behind the voice. People connect with the people relaying the message, not necessarily the message. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend, that's my Stella and Dot days. She's still a friend to this day. Um, she, it was just over dinner and I was telling her all these things that I wanted to do. And she was like, just do it. Literally those three words, Nike slogan, just do it. <laughs> but when she said it, it stuck with me. Every time I like thought about wanting to do something, I always had her in the back of my mind, just do it because it was the messenger. It wasn't those three words. It's not like it's some brand new phrase that was just invented by her. There was something about the way that she said it and who she was that really made it special. And I think that is what's so important for our entrepreneurs to recognize that they bring that magic to whatever it is that they're offering. Yeah, that's such a important point. And it's so true too, you know, like ev- every market is saturated. Every market, you know, we we think like entrepreneurship and like our own little, th- our little thing, whether you're product-based or service-based, like you think like, oh, like the market is saturated and I, I probably just shouldn't, but that's universal, you know, and, and it's not unique to one industry. 
But what, what does make a person successful is not what you said, like what they do or what they provide, but how they do it and who they are. So, uh, I'm so happy you spoke that. I know there's some of you listening right now who are like, Oh, I shouldn't do that. And everyone's doing that. And uh, like, if you have it on your heart, girl, just do it. (laughs) And it really just takes you showing up to make that impact that you might not even realize that you're making. Yeah. Because you can go, you can go to your very first vendor fair or something like that. And you might, you know, be like, this is going to be the worst thing ever. Maybe you make one sale. It doesn't go your way. But then all these people that attended that see you making your candles or something from your kitchen that see you with your daughter running around like a crazy person in the background and you're trying to juggle both your business and your kid. There might be women, there might be moms that come and see that. And they're like, she can do it. I can do it too. What's stopping me? I've always dreamed of doing this. And you've already made that impact that you never even realized you can make. Yeah. The ripple effect that it has of just showing up and being willing to to bring it, like you said earlier. So amazing. Okay. So obviously you knew that people were craving community because you yourself were doing that. You were craving that. So I'm curious, like, what are some, I guess, what are some tips that you have for the audience around how to start like finding their people and plugging into these communities? Great question. I think the opportunities are truly endless. Yeah. There are so many different ways you can go about finding your community. But I think one of the key things is to start being vocal about who you are. And one of my things that I, I really like to talk about is being loudly passionate. Oh, I love that. Tell you have to tell the universe what you want mm-hmm. or whoever your, your higher being is, right? I think once you are loudly passionate and you're, you know, world, this is who I am. The universe or whoever your higher being is has a really great way of giving you what you need. That's for sure. Yeah. This is something that I've mentioned before, but it's in, in my previous or in one of my previous podcast episodes, but it's about starting to build that momentum, right? So when you are loudly passionate and you're showing the world who you are and you're showing the world what you want to create or you're putting your candles or whatever it is out there, telling people, this is what I make, this is what I'm really proud of, that starts building that momentum of people will start finding you. And they're like, oh my God, I love those candles. Or, oh, I always wanted to do that. How are you doing that? They'll start connecting with you. Even those little moments, those little conversations that will start fueling your motivation, will fuel your fire, will recognize that you're on the right path. And you're like, let me put myself out there a little bit more. The more you put yourself out there, the more of your people start to come, right? And then you start building this really incredible continuation of really great energy and you can continue to put out more work and then more of your people start coming and then it's just it's amazing so I think just show up you can go to different networking events there's so many free ones you can look on Instagram on Facebook maybe on Craigslist but I mean be mindful if you're on Craigslist in a while oh I love that like Sarah hosts retreats it really is about you know like what you want, but also what you're comfortable with, right? So mm-hmm. retreats are very, you know, intense, 
you're around these women for multiple days, if you're not quite at that point where you feel comfortable networking, start small. There's a bunch of events where it's like a quick coffee chat or virtual events, right? But you have to put yourself out there. You have to show the world who you are so that the world knows who your people are and gives you those people. So true. And going back to like the opportunity piece that you mentioned earlier too, like there's just so much opportunity that comes with getting in these rooms and meeting these people. And, you know, like when I was living in Colorado, it was like, I met one person and she introduced me to three people. And then all of a sudden that she, I was, you know, had this network of 50 plus women and we were all collaborating. We were all sharing. Some people became clients. I became a client, you know, like it's just the opportunity that lives inside of communities like this is, is incredible. And I'm sure with empowered by women, like that's the same thing at the markets, like they're, they're exposed to so much more potential clients. They're exposed to best friends. They're, you know, like you just get so much more exposure through it as well. So yeah, that collaboration piece as well. I think for those that are not yet comfortable with putting themselves out there or just starting their business and are looking for their community you would be pleasantly surprised at how many people want to help you and how many people can introduce you to all the people that you're looking for. There's, I mean, I, with my very first market, like I didn't have that big one established following. This is my, literally my very first market. And I had two women that just saw what I was doing. I hadn't reached out to them. They were already offering their services to me. I would love to be a part of it. I would love to photograph your event. I didn't even have to say anything. And to this day, like they've become great relationships because there, there are so many people that are willing to help you. You just got to show up. Yep. Oh, I love, I I feel like our theme is like, you just got to go do it. You just got to go show up. You just got to bring it, you know? And it just like, it circles back to what we started off with was like, go take some messy action, you know? Right. And I will, I will tweak that a little bit. Okay. So showing up, yes, show up, but you got to keep showing up. Yes. All right. Don't oh. just do it the one time. The one time is always going to be like, oh my God. Keep showing up. Keep. You really need to have this profound belief in what you're doing. And this is why I heavily believe in pursuing something that you're passionate about. I've always felt this way. Ever since I was a kid, I knew I wanted to create a life that really made me happy. I don't care about the money. I just want to do something that I'm passionate about. And I think that's what really creates the snowball effect in all different directions, right? And your happiness and finance and community and everything. Well, you're also quite the the philanthropist, right? Um, so how, like, how was, how are you able to integrate that into your work? Because I know there's a lot of women listening who have like heart-led businesses and, Um, I also think that there's a little bit of a fear of, you know, having that philanthropy in their business because of that, like desire for a lot of money and and things like that. So I'm curious, how have you been able to integrate that so beautifully into your business and have such a big mission? So I think, well, definitely before I had kids, one of my reasons for wanting to be so successful, I always knew that I wanted to help other people. Like even when I had my very first job and I saw some of my coworkers, like they didn't have a car or something. 
and they were in their 50s, I always thought to myself, like, I'd love to buy them a car one day. I would just love to give back. Um, so it was always going to be part of my mission, no matter what, whatever I had to do. I don't care if it took all of my profits. Um, I, I want to give back. And I think coming from a place of service is, again, just one of those really key fundamental things where the success will follow yep. as long as your intention and your heart is in the right place. Mm. The great thing with that is like you're, I mean, I think that's probably why my mark, my first market was so successful because we were doing it for a cause, yeah. you know? One, I wanted to create this community. I wanted to be surrounded by this energy of this inc these incredible women in business. But then we were also doing it in honor of my aunts. And we were raising money for the scholarship fund. And I had created this whole pamphlet and it was like sharing it to all our vendors. And you could see how much heart and, and just pure, genuine like commitment I had to whatever my mission was. And people resonated with that. And they said, you know, I love what you're doing. And that is what attracted all my vendors to come. Yeah, right? people want to so, be a part of something. Absolutely. Something bigger than themselves. Yeah. I think that is, has been like one of my favorite phrases lately is that my purpose is bigger than my fears. Mm. So whenever I kind of like hesitate and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if this is going to work. I remind myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I've always known that my purpose is bigger than myself. And I'm going to keep working towards that. So beautiful. Oh, I have chills. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, I feel like I'm about to get emotional. I don't know. But I mean, it, it is, it is, it is emotional, right? Because it's like, this is why we do what we do. This is why you do what you do and created what you created. And, you know, when it has that, like such an important mission and such a, like, it is bigger than you. You can't not show up for it. You can't not just do it and keep doing it, you know? So yeah, thank you for sharing and that. Absolutely. And kind of to build on like how you can integrate it into your business, something that we've just started doing for our upcoming markets. Like for our first two markets, I was the one that chose where the money we raised was going to go just mm -hmm. based on what was near and dear to my heart. But again, to follow along the theme of bringing people along the journey with me, now I'm opening that up to the vendors. Like, what is near and dear to your hearts? What should you re-raise money for? You can't give back to the community without really being a part of the community and knowing what they need and knowing what they want. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a great way to do it, to just get real, like, down and dirty with the people around you. You know, you don't want to be on this pedestal where you're just assuming everything about everyone. You really want to be able to connect on that deep and genuine level and give back in a way that's meaningful to so many people. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like a huge part of this, and this is something that is, you know, I, I know is a life for you right now, is you've got to be grounded in who you are to to create something like this, right? Um so I'm curious what being grounded in who you are and and where where that spark came from. Because I know that was something that you wanted to to chat about and what's been super alive for you. So I would love to go into that. You know, I was having a conversation with one of my coworkers recently. And I think it's something that I started to recognize in a different light very recently. I think from when I was a kid. 
I've kind of always like known who I was and I was like a little bit different and it was hard for me to make a lot of really great friends for one just because like I don't like pretending yeah <laughs> like I don't I don't like small talk like if we don't have anything to talk about like then why are we here together <laughs> yes oh my god my, so, my kind of woman <laughs> right so it was it was hard for me to make a lot of friends and there were a few people that that I am still close with to this day because we were able to connect in a deeper way. And I think, you know, when I was younger, I was, I kind of like questions, like, you know, people would say things about me, like I'm a bitch or whatever. You can bleep that out if you need to. No, we welcome it. <laughs> oh, okay. But I'm like, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm a bitch. I think I'm actually like, I'm very awkward, but if you're awkward and quiet, but you, you know, you also kind of look a certain way, people would, would tend to lean towards the bitch side versus like the weird, awkward one. That is so right? true. That is so true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I so yeah. relate to that. Yeah. So I was like, you know, back then I kind of like questioned myself, like, am I doing something wrong? Like, is there a reason why, like, I don't have like a lot of really close friends or it's hard for me to make close friends but then eventually in the past few years especially now that I'm making this community I am starting to recognize it's just because I know who my people are yeah and I know like what I want in my life and I know who I am and I'm not interested in like having to change who I am to be comfortable around the people that I am you know, if it was like any other networking event that wasn't a bunch of like women in business, like if it was very male dominated and like something about like tech, I would like, I would be miserable and I would feel so uncomfortable Yeah, and I would not want to talk to anybody. But whenever I'm surrounded with women like yourself, like I feel like I could talk on and on and on all day long and I love it and it lights me up and it really fuels my fire and allowing myself to be in those kinds of rooms and to be around those kinds of women as it just further and further grounds me. And this is me. Yeah. This is who I, this is the life that I want. This is who I am. This is who I want to keep surrounding myself with. And I will actively pursue that. And, you know, anything else that just doesn't feel like it fits in with that, like I'm okay letting it go by the wayside. Like it's fine. I don't need that in my life. I want something that truly 100% fills my cup. I think we need that, especially as moms, you're about to be a mom. We need something like that. Yeah. You guys go rewind and listen to her answer one more time, because I feel like you just gave the ultimate permission slip for so many people, because one, it's like, you don't, it's not consider. you're not a bitch for letting people go out of your life who don't align with you. You're not a bad person for wanting people who do align with you. Like it, it's just the ultimate permission slip. So thank you for giving that to every single one of us, including myself. And you know, it's, it's like, you're not putting up with the, with the bullshit. You're just like, I, I know who I am, right? I know who I am and this is what aligns with me and everything else can, can let go. Yeah. And with that said, so the coworker that I, I mentioned recently, he's this older man and he has like the sweetest personality in the world. He's like constantly telling jokes. Like anytime you come up to him, he will have a joke ready, but there's still people that don't like him. 
there's still people that don't want to associate with him or like Larry like you don't have to talk to me you don't need (laughs) I don't need all your positive positive energy right (laughs) right and he didn't really realize like what like why don't these people want to be my friend and he would try he tried for several years to keep like okay let me maybe it's the way I approach them maybe it's this maybe it's that and it really like took a toll on him and like he lost sleep some nights like why don't these people want to be my friends finally years later he's like you know what it's okay you can't please everybody and he finally has this you know this acceptance and he's living a lot of a much happier life he's not stressing over people that at the end of the day don't really matter not at least to his life right and life is short you don't want to keep putting your energy towards someone that's not able to reciprocate that energy to you yes and you know coming from someone who is a recovering people pleaser um and also like I I know you kind of had this like innate knowing of who you were um coming from someone who didn't have that like I didn't know who I was and I was willing to mold and blend and really be a chameleon to like whoever I I needed to be just to be accepted right so coming from someone on the the alternative side of that it's like I like, it's not easy. You know, I'm, I'm Larry. <laughs> I'm Larry over here. I'm like, wait, but like, am, am I okay? Like, is this, is this okay? Can you just like me? And um, so I, I resonate with that part of it, of like wanting to be accepted, wanting to be loved, but there comes a point in your life where you realize that you don't want the love and acceptance from the people who don't innately love and accept you. Yes. You know, and, and faking it is exhausting and not sustainable. So you might as well just be who you are. And through being authentically you, like you'll find the right people. And you know what I love about it is that it brings the confidence with it. Right. Um, so there are some women that are afraid to put themselves out there because they're not confident in who they are, or what they're doing. But if it's something that you truly do love, that confidence is just going to follow. Yeah. I mean, like with what I was saying, when I go into a room full, full of amazing women like you, and I'm speaking about things that I love, I don't care how nervous I am. It will appear that I am confident because I'm talking about something that I love and I can talk about it all day and I get really excited about it. Yeah. That's so true. That reminds me of my first public speaking experience when I was in corporate and my voice was shaking and I was live and everyone thought I was going to faint. And then at Embodied Live, my event recently, like I had, I had the fear. I was like, what if I get on stage and like my, that happens again, but I didn't even feel nervous getting on stage because it was just so me, you know, and I, and I gave myself permission to just show up as me and not try to be something that I'm not. So, yeah, yeah. it's all about just finding your element and allowing you to step into that wholeheartedly with like every fiber of your being. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. Okay. (laughs) I've loved this conversation so much. I know the people listening have enjoyed it too. So where can they find you and connect with you? All the links will be in the show notes, but where do you like to hang out the most? Um, Instagram, definitely. It's been kind of chaotic in life, but Instagram is where I'm most active when I am able to be active. So 
Um, Empowered by Women is our community platform. Women is spelled W-M-N. And then we have our Instagram account for Book of Bijou. So Bijou is French for jewelry, B-I-J-O-U-S. And then also the uh, website URL versions of that. So empoweredbywomen.com, bookofbijou.com. We also have our Empowered by Women podcast, um, which is also on YouTube. So you can find us on YouTube and various podcast channels. So connect with me. I love connecting with other women. I love collaborating. Um, Just whatever, reach out to me and I would love to chat. Yeah, and if you're local to the Bay Area, like come to one of her markets, I'll probably be at the next one. So make sure you join and check it out. And um, yeah, we could all meet in real life. (laughs) Yes, would love that. (laughs) So cool. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sarah. And for everyone watching, thank you. And I hope to chat with you all.